0: you have these emotions where we like basically six or seven of them anger happiness right but we all have them but we have different feelings when they come they arise right and we can change you know I was fearful of heights and for me I changed that when I was in the service I had to change it (laughs) because jumping out of helicopter (laughs) and so I change it to excited opportunities like I get excited
1: Hi, and welcome to the Compassionate Achiever Podcast number three. Here we are.
0: Three, the Uh, trinity. We're here.
1: (laughs) We're here. We made it. I'm (laughs) Tracy Day, and I'm here with Dr. Chris Cook, who is a professor of political and social science at Western Connecticut State University. He's also a Fulbright scholar. He is a counterintelligence agent, past. Well, do you ever really grow out of that, though? Yeah, yeah no comment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So glad to be here. How
0: was your week? My week was great. My boys are off from school. So, you know, the summer madness has begun at the Cook household, which I is all I was just going
1: to say, are you still a compassionate father? Or is that is has that <laughs> worn off my kids. yet? Yeah. Don't ask my kids. Please don't.
0: <laughs> but you know, the puppy has added, and he's now, what, he's a year and three months. So he's added a whole new mixture to the to the mix on a summer summer vacay, but you know nothing
1: like some good puppy love.
0: And I went out for a run and took a wrong turn, so I went out for a longer run. <laughs> I noticed you I, were sitting gingerly as you sat you down. You Could call it sitting. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's what you actually can call it, but yes.
1: It's... There you go. So the summer has begun.
0: It has. There you go. And and we're at number three in the Compassion Achiever um, podcast, so that that's exciting. And our we're gonna have a first guest this. This episode as well.
1: I'm so excited to talk to her. Um, I I just, my heart goes out to Scarlett Lewis. Um, She's a mother of Jesse Lewis. She's a first grader uh, who, Jesse was the first grader, obviously, who was killed during the tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012. Um, She founded the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Foundation in honor of Jesse to promote social and emotional education in schools, as well as a consistent message of compassion in our communities. So admirable. And um, Scarlett is also the recipient of some major awards, International Forgiveness Award, the Live Your Legacy Award, and the Common Ground Award, and we're going to talk to her about that. So let's bring on Scarlett Lewis as our first guest.
0: Awesome. Hello? Hello? Scarlett, this is Chris. How are hey. you doing? I'm on. Uh, we're on air with uh, Tracy Day of uh, the Compassion Achiever as well. So, we're it's the Compassion Achiever podcast is co hosted by both Tracy and I. So, Tracy meets Scarlett. Hi, Scarlett.
1: So nice to meet you. Hi, Tracy. And thank you so much for doing this. I just, my heart goes out to you because what you've done, I've been reading about what you've been doing, and I just can't even imagine how much strength that takes. And I just so appreciate you being here. So thanks so much for that.
2: Well, thank you so much. And I could not have done it without Chris who's sitting right next to you. So I'm thankful for him. Let's
1: talk about how the two of you met. How did you, how did that Do you want
0: to get into this? No,
1: (laughs) (laughs) not that kind of a podcast.
2: (laughs) No, how did you meet? It it was a, it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, Shortly after, My six-year-old son, Jesse Lewis, was murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary School on December 14th, 2012. Uh, I found a message that he had written on my kitchen chalkboard. It was three words, nurturing, healing, love. And uh, I downloaded so much information from that. I mean, obviously, those three words aren't in the vernacular of a six-year-old. They were phonetically spelled because he was in first grade and just learning to write. But um, I I knew that if the shooter in our case had been able to give and receive nurturing, healing love, that the tragedy would never have happened. Uh, it it was really um, my first step in forgiving, and uh, and I was connected to uh, Professor Cook uh, through uh, through actually somebody who'd come into town to to help. Uh, Who's a first responder, actually on a nationwide scale, and, Dr. Uh, and Laura, so right? I invited, yeah, Dr. Laura, no. yeah. Um, so she, uh, so Chris came over, looked at the uh, message, and said, "This is, this is, you know, this is, means more than just a little boy writing words on a chalkboard." And uh, he said, "Let me do some research," and he called me the next day. Actually, I think we met in your office. <laughs> I did. And uh, and he said, you know, those three words are in the definition of compassion across all cultures. And I said, Chris, I I know that it's my mission in life to to bring that message into schools. How how can we do that? And he said, "Um, well, it's called social emotional learning. And I, I, I agree with you. It's very important. And I will help you do it. And I and we sat there the first time we ever met in person and made a commitment for life, that we would bring this very important message in social emotional learning to every child, uh, and uh, and and we've been doing that ever since for for over four years.
1: So admirable. So I have to go back a minute. Had you and Jesse been talking about nurturing, healing, love, and had that been a topic that you've been <laughs> discussing? I mean, that's a lot for a six-year-old.
2: It is. I know that's so funny. People say, did you just walk around saying nurturing, healing (laughs) love? And I said, well, you know, I was a single mom and I left uh, early in the morning, dropping my kids off at one daycare because it opened earlier, picking them up at another daycare in the evening because it closed later. And so, no, I mean, I'm just, I was just a mom. I, I never strung those three words together. I knew when I saw those words that it was a spiritual awareness that he had that he wouldn't be around for very much longer and it was a message of comfort for his family and friends but it was also a message of inspiration for the world and that's where we needed to turn and it would be my job to spread that message
1: wow that's incredible and now you've written a story about this right that you you've written a whole thing about it um <laughs> coming out of it
2: I- I did, I did. I wrote um, very quickly a book called, of course, Nurturing, Healing, Love. Um, and it's, it's a book really about my journey of my first six months from experiencing really what a parent's worst nightmare is, sending your kid to, kid to school. And, uh, and as his dad said, sending them in with a book bag and bringing them out in a body bag. And, uh, and then my journey, my own journey to choosing love. And it's really, it's really been interesting for a lot of educators around the country because they read the book and they realize how the Choose Love movement, so the foundation that I created and then the corresponding Choose Love enrichment program, um, the program for educators all came about.
1: Hmm. Incredible, so I, I mean, as I said before, I can't even fathom what you went through and what you are going through, but kudos to you for turning that around. Do you feel um, that you were more compassionate before this tragedy, or have you become more compassionate, or were you bitter, or is there different stages? And Chris, you can probably address some of the reasoning behind this, but I, I want to know, Scarlett, Like, where do you think you are
2: on that spectrum? That is such an excellent question because I I look at the growth that I've experienced personally in the last four and a half years. It it has been tremendous. I mean, I I can't say that I'm a completely different person now, but I have to tell you that I have grown in every aspect, uh, in in compassion, uh, in, in wisdom, in strength and resilience. Um, I, in, in, those are the blessings, I think, that come out of trauma or that can come out of trauma and tragedy. And, and, and I'm thankful for them. I, of course, would give all of the growth that I've had back for just to see Jesse for one more second. But that's not possible. So I, you know, I, I wanted to be a, a powerful Um, and positive role model for my my surviving son who was 12 years old at the time and that was another saving grace I knew that I did not want us to be victims and I realized that we could be victims too uh, of Adam Lanza and I didn't want us to I wanted us to go on and have a good life I wanted us to use the tragedy and turn it into something that could make the world a better place and uh, and I hope that I've done that for my son. Well,
0: Certainly Scarlet, sounds like it. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, so I I didn't. She called me actually when I was going into a a meeting, an important meeting, and I only had thirty seconds. I, and I normally don't pick up the phone when I'm heading out the door, but something made said me said I need to I do me, this. Yes, yeah. and it was Scarlett, and so that's when we you know formed a you know a time to meet at, at, a, at the next day, um, mm-hmm. and. You know, hearing, Scarlett, hearing you for the first time and how the very first moment I talked to you and heard your voice, you were driven. You had a purpose. And it's one of the things that I, I notice about you right away. You get that sparkle in your eye and then that the right side of her lip goes up, right? It's like a, it's like a little- A little twitch. It's that, a, it's like, no, it's a that grin. That energy. It's a, yeah, it's like, it's a little smile. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I got this, right? And, oh, and, that's really funny. And she's doing it's it right just, now. I know yeah. she is. Okay. And, um, and one of the things that I would love for you to talk about, especially on this topic that, that Tracy's brought up, and you talk about this often, you know, in your talks when, when it gets really personal and it's, but it, it matters for a lot of veterans too, and the difference between PTSD and PTG, right, post-traumatic growth. And, mm-hmm. and Scarlett, you're a living symbol and representation of that post-traumatic growth. And I think, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that because I talk about it in the book about you in terms of resilience, right? Because you went through a parent's worst nightmare. It's straight mm-hmm. up the worst nightmare. And, mm-hmm. and you created this program with teachers and a whole bunch of other people to, to help make sure that other parents don't go through anything that, similar to what you went through. And I just wish if you can just take a moment and talk about the difference between, you know, the PTSD and uh, post-traumatic growth.
2: Absolutely. Well, so, so interesting to me to learn about post-traumatic growth. I will tell you that, that right off the bat, when we got the call and i was at work and i rushed to the firehouse uh we were all supposed to meet our kids and i saw everyone you know rushing home with their kids and then of course i didn't have mine and the ensuing wait for the next couple of hours um and realizing that you know with with every first responder that came up to me and said oh you know did did you have any identifying marks on his body and i thought about the mole on his foot and do you remember what he was wearing Uh, when you sent him to school and um, do you have a recent picture like all these things were not adding up to a good ending (laughs) a happy ending and so my thought process went something like this and probably like most people's um, oh my god if this does not turn out well if Jesse is dead, I'm going to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, right? And of course, our brain has to have a story and it has to have kind of, it goes circular. And, I, and, and so I said, and it goes worst case scenario um, for the most part. And so I thought, oh my God, how is that going to manifest in me? Well, uh, I'm going to um, probably be institutionalized and who's going to take care of my remaining son, you know, JT, who was 12 mm-hmm. at the time. And so, you know, worst case scenario, fear, fear, right? And uh, and that was my first thought because that's what I knew. I- I'd heard of post-traumatic stress disorder. and I knew people got that after trauma. And I just, I was just, I, that's what I was going to experience. <laughs> and what happened, though, was, you know, a series of just incredible events, starting with finding that chalkboard message of nurturing, healing, love and uh, and, and realizing um, early on, especially when one of the uh, one of the people that came to my mom's house and and, uh, you know, trying to comfort me. But a professional um, therapist actually sat down on my knee and said, you're going to be feeling this pain that you're feeling right now for the rest of your life. And I actually put up my hand in front of her face and I said, um, stop stop right there. Um, you know, that may have been your journey, but that is not my journey. And I realized right then and there, I'm going to have to write my own journey because if I feel this pain for the rest of my life, I'm going to die. I thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I didn't want to die. I had to live for JT. So I just, I, that was the time when I realized, you know what, this is your journey to write and it can be whatever you want it to be. And so you better make up your mind right now and she forced my hand. And, uh, and so then I started doing some research and I realized that there is this thing called post-traumatic growth, what most people haven't heard of. And, and post-traumatic growth is when you grow from a trauma when you find strength you never knew you had when you strengthen relationships when you weed out weak ones when you gain a new perspective you deepen your spirituality um you 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 what what i described my journey has been to you of personal growth gaining wisdom that is post-traumatic growth and i want to spread that awareness especially among educators um the the students that are entering school traumatized, that percentage has skyrocketed. And we need to have a positive perspective on these kids, right? Um, not just PTSD, because only a small a small percentage of our population suffers from PTSD. If you actually Google it, which I did, Google comes up with 3%, and I know that that's low. Um, but if you Google post-traumatic growth, it says that the vast majority of us, around 70% of us actually experience something called PTG. And it's, it's important that we know about it and we, you know, it reduces fear because if I had known, if I had just known the term PTG and what it meant, it would have changed my experience at the firehouse. I could have thought, Oh my God, there's this thing called post-traumatic growth and, uh, Uh, You know, I I wonder how that... How am I going to learn? What are the lessons in here for me? How am I going to grow from this experience? Even if it seemed unfathomable to me at that point, you see I'm already... I'm already on the path of choosing love and much less fear and so I, I want to give this perspective to educators so that you know the, the the their own trauma that they've experienced they can gain a new perspective but also the trauma that the kids bring into the classroom they can help put a more positive spin on it I call it planting the seed of PTG
1: well I I think if you asked a group of people most everyone has heard of PTSD PTG. Yeah. I think I'm not sure very many people would know what that is and therefore don't even know it's really an option for them. That's right. You know, we all, unfortunately, a lot of people go to the negative and you certainly did not do that. Chris, do you think that's typical though? The people, you know, um, Scarlett did go positive. She decided to, as you said, choose your journey. But, um, I think a lot of people just go to the negative right away. Is that more typical or what?
0: I I think it is more typical, unfortunately, right? And so I I think if you look at the field of positive psychology, positive psychology shows you the difference, what you can make, Mm -hmm. right? And it's this, you know, Scarlett talks about this in a really cool way. She says, we can just change the thought. Well, neuroscience and psychology shows you that yes, you can choose to think differently, especially when emotion comes up. And, you know, I've written about the differences and the gap between emotion and feeling. And they're two different things. And you can actually, you have these emotions where we, like, basically six or seven of them, anger, happiness, right? But we all have them, but we have different feelings when they when come they up. They arise. Yeah. Right. And we can change. You know, I was fearful of heights. And for me, I changed that when I was in the service I had to change it because <laughs>
2: didn't really of have helicopter. an option. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so
0: I change it to excited opportunities. Like I get excited when there's new opportunities that that, that come that come our way. And and Scarlett knows that because we've had. And you know, we're going to talk about the social emotional learning program uh, next because I yeah, think I, I think like that's that. the next step for post traumatic growth. So we all have that ability to change the negative into a positive.
1: But you have to do it sometimes, really consciously, don't you, you do. think? Yeah, you, I mean, you it do. doesn't it's, just
0: happen. No, it, take, it takes effort and it takes practice. Mm-hmm. And you know, and each one of us has different ways of maybe getting to that. Right? For me, it's drinking chocolate milk. Right? It's it's running. Some people are just <laughs> drinking. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't recommend that. We have to finish the chocolate milk. Yeah, right, you got. But that's the thing, right? We have our our little things that you know make us. Get into that positive that positive realm that's the first step for me you also know both you and scarlet know i love the script the, the music groups the superheroes right and so i when i'm down i i try to change my karma man i try to change that mojo right into something better right and and to me it's about music too and so each one of us has our different ways of finding that and i think by listening to scarlet i'm hoping our listeners can say okay she went through the worst possible nightmare of a parent. And look what she's doing. She's not Mm -hmm. crawling under a rock. She's out there trying to make this a better world. Because she chose to do that. Yes, she did. Have you always been
1: like that? Have you always been a positive
2: person? I I have, but I do want to say, too, that um, I, I also have my down times and as chris knows we just we had a conversation maybe last week um and i i was crying on the phone so i I don't want your listeners to think that i'm a pollyanna and i'm perfect because i i cry every day but you know it's 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 you have low points and that's okay you know, it's all a cycle and you set and I cycle out of my low points really, really quickly. It's never that I'm in bed for a whole day. I or even parts of a day. You know, it's just I'm I'm constantly uh on the move, but I do I do get sad. My gosh, I love six year old son and um you know jesse's 11th birthday is at the end of the month and he should be here to celebrate with me so i mean i have normal i want your listeners to know i have normal human emotions um, and (laughs) sadness is one of them but Mm -hmm. at the same time um i think the sadness is overweight by um by ptg i mean you you know i can see the blessing in it
0: but Hmm. you go and you know for example you called me and we talked right and we found a way forward there are some people that just have a hard time even doing that right and so who can't get out of bed right and and that's the thing right that that someone you know that went through scarlet's you know trauma and and tragedy that you know she was able to to do that and we all have that and to me i think she's a yeah, she's, she's normal. She's like the rest of us, right? Even though I think she, she could be cast as Wonder Woman for the next, uh, uh, the next <laughs> the sequel. The real life Wonder Yes, Woman. I Yes, I, I think so, I, and I will put in my, my nomination vote. bid for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's the beauty, yeah. right? She opens up and says, yes, yeah, so I'm real, I get sad, I get down, but then you find that way. Right, you, you get up, you try to find that that, that next step, right? But don't you think? And that's what that, social emotional learning does. But I,
1: I was just going to say, yeah, don't you think exactly that our experiences leading up to a tragedy like this also are going to affect how we get out of it? So is it something that you can learn? We've talked about this. It, compassion is something that you're kind of born with and that you can learn. Yes. So let's talk about the program that Good. you are both doing and and where you're going with it. And is it something? that is so important that children get? Or you know, is this something we should be looking at across the board with adults too?
0: Uh, first off, I think we should be looking across the board <laughs> mm-hmm. all the way. You know, this shouldn't it's be just- It's not too late for the adults no, that haven't learned this shouldn't be yet. just in schools. Okay. This should be everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And I think you know, there's a bunch of different ways we can do that, but I want Scarlett to lead off on this because this is the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Movement Program and the mom of Jesse, we have on on the phone. So, Scarlett, can you, uh, you know... Tell us about it. Yeah, move us forward on it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So this program did not come from me. It came through me. And uh, as Chris knows, we worked with a big group of incredibly dedicated uh, educators who actually wrote... The uh, the the program. So it is a pre-K through 12th grade, very comprehensive social and emotional learning program that contains elements of emotional intelligence, mindfulness, character values. Chris wrote a proprietary neuroscience section for it. Uh, positive psychology. I kind of looked around at what was available. What is working in schools? What is what does science tell us? Is beneficial for children in the long term and there were a a lot of these programs um, and I just put kind of the the best of the best elements together and created a program and made it free by the way because I know that so huge (laughs) this type of program absolutely hands down would have saved my son's life it would have saved Adam Lanza's life it would uh it would prevent so much suffering and tragedy in our society and that is not my theory or concept that i'm saying that through research we know that social emotional learning is the most proactive and preventative mental health initiative there is and you know the programs that we have in schools in place right now are very reactive, and and we're always going to be chasing the issues of bullying I was and just drug addiction, kind of programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and and so um, the the key is to be proactive and preventative. We can prevent a lot of what we're seeing in our society, and we know how to do it. And there are decades of research behind it, and it's called social and emotional learning. Uh, Chris is probably shaking his head and laughing because he introduced this to me four and a half years ago, and I just ran with it. I've become one of the leading advocates. I believe in it so much, and it is my mission in life to make sure that every child has access to this life-saving and life-transforming education that would have saved my son's life, And, uh, and so we have this incredible, incredible program that uh that we've been piloting for 2 years and we've had phenomenal success um 100% of the educators that embraced it and used it last year actually said that it improved their classroom and school climate and improve their students' behavior. <laughs> and over 75% said it improved their behavior academically. These mm. are incredible results, and these are right in line really with the results that social-emotional learning and gets a, across the board.
0: And a national study uh, from Columbia University actually shows for those people who may be doubting you know, the, the numbers, the, the numbers even on the money come in on, on Big Way for every $1 spent on social-emotional learning a school district saves $11 on everything from truancy to violence, to medical um, counseling, responses, to counseling. They services, save, so $1 in, in SEL um, gets saves $11 for, for an entire you know county. And that-, that You're making
1: this available for free. Though.
0: Exactly, and that's what Scarlett yeah. and I wanted from the very get-go. This should be in every school, and it shouldn't be just in schools that can afford to have social emotional learning programs. This is so important, and I, you know, speak for Scott and I right now that we we are just trying any which way we can to get it out into the hands of as many people as, as we can and make it even better. And what's really really cool is that yeah, you know, we set up the skeleton of it with the neuroscience, but every single part of the program is written by an educator who's active actually in a classroom teaching right now. So it's written by educators for educators. And students. And now we're having a parent program to, to go along with it. All free of charge. And that's because Scarlett is out there trying to raise money to pay for the, 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 the educators to actually you know write this and get it up and going and, and, and dispersed out there. So we're doing it on the internet uh, as well, the Jesse Lewis uh, Choose Love Movement page. So there's so many angles to this that support it. I'm talking not just in terms of health and mental and academic and cognitive benefits, but also economic benefits. And it's it's insane that it's not in every school uh, right so now. So how
1: would a school um, go about getting it, just by contacting you? I mean, how do Scarlet. they get the curriculum into their school for a listener that might say, this is something we need?
2: well actually so in the past year since since we officially launched the program in august of 2016 the program has been downloaded in 44 states and 13 countries and that is by word of mouth by the way that's why we're the choose love movement because this is a movement that we are doing as individuals across the world uh, educators that want access to the program can go onto our webpage, jessilewisschooselove.org. There's a Choose Love program tab. You click on that. All of the different uh, grade levels come up. You can click on the grade level you're interested in, uh, input your information, and you will immediately get a zip file with all of the program and resources and corresponding videos. Um, if you have any questions, you can email me directly uh, if if I can, and and if you're in the vicinity, um, I will go in and I'll launch the program in your school. Um, I can share an incredibly powerful impact statement with you on the educators that have been doing it over the past year. You know, the the thing that's interesting is that um, I live the this 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 formula and these lessons i mean you asked well is this just for kids but you know i I, the more i learn about social emotional learning and emotional intelligence the more i realize i did not have these skills coming into this tragedy and i'm learning them and i'm learning kind of right alongside the educators and we're realizing that you know just how much we wish that we had had these skills in school and how much it would have positively impacted our lives you know you if you if you these are kind of this is an awareness that if you uh, don't have the lessons you don't have the knowledge unless you're blessed to have like this incredible parent that's just this incredible role model and my my parents were wonderful by the way um but they didn't have social emotional skills or emotional intelligence being able to understand and manage their emotions and i didn't either you know and and so learning it now i i live what i teach i live the formula for choosing love the formula for choosing love uh, is is kind of an overarching concept that the whole program is based on, and it's this powerful formula that you can use in any situation or circumstance to choose love, and uh, and I'll tell you what the formula is. Uh, it's courage, um, and and really I I thought about using this character value first, because, of course, you need courage. I've I've realized over the past four and a half years how important courage is in our daily lives. And by the way, how courageous we are. We are so courageous on a daily basis, but we don't give ourselves credit for it. And, you know, Jesse, um, Jesse uh, actually saved nine of his classmates' lives um, on that fateful day. Um, and so I kind of, you know, that that he is my example of courage, you know, the ultimate form of courage, which is laying down your life for your friends. Um, but
1: at we six all years old, <laughs> yeah, right. At, at six. six years old, right.
2: Yeah, we we all have that courage. Actually, that Jesse showed though. We just have to be made aware of it, and that's what the program does. And then the formula goes on. The next character value is gratitude and actually this formula is 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 the definition of, of nurturing healing love so nurturing means loving kindness and gratitude healing literally means forgiveness and i'll tell you i learned so much about forgiveness and forgiveness is so misunderstood in our society yet we know through now decades of research how vitally important it is to having healthy relationships and connections and by the way less anger and then um, love is compassion in action. So it is identifying with some someone uh, some some need and then actively doing something to help to help that need. And of course, I got that definition from Chris. <laughs> and when you have the courage to practice those character values, and by the way, neuroscientifically in that order, you're choosing love. So it's the courage to be, Grateful especially when things aren't going your way the courage to forgive especially when the person isn't Sorry and the courage to step outside of your own Busyness because we all have it. It's everything that we do on a daily basis including our cell phones Stepping outside of that busyness and helping someone else and when you do that you realize all of a sudden you're
0: choosing love So can I there's an article and Tracy doesn't even know this because it literally I popped up on uh, I'm listening to you, Scarlett, and it's a brand new article in Education Week. And the, the author is basically claiming that social-emotional learning is a hoax, that there's, there's no benefit to it, there's nothing. And he, he writes this, Scarlett, and I just want you to respond to this because he, the, the, literally the title is It's a Hoax. And then he writes this, Social-emotional learning does not seem intended to build character in any traditional sense, nor is it aimed at citizenship. It's a wash in the self, steeped in the ability to understand one's own emotions, thoughts, values, strengths, and limitations. And he literally, the title of it. I'm scrolling down. Why are schools still peddling the self-esteem hoax? What would you say to somebody like that? That 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 social emotional learning is, is rooted in uh, you know faux psychology.
2: Well, I mean, I, this, I have to I have to admit something. The very first thought that came through my head was. Uh, was, it sounds so similar to the conspiracy theorists that say that Sandy (laughs) Hook Elementary School didn't happen. I'm sorry because we just had that whole Alex Jones thing. So I had to say that because I was thinking that the whole time. Um, I, I, you know, there are always gonna be naysayers. And I would just say, look at the facts and, and look at the research. And there are decades of research. We have research now that follows kids that had SEL in kindergarten all the way through to their adult life. And they found that kids that had received social, emotional learning in kindergarten had better physical, mental, and emotional health, less substance abuse, less violence and anger, less anxiety, less incarceration, less drug abuse. They had, they had less divorce rates, um, higher graduation rates. So, I mean, I, I go with kind of uh, when faced with that, I kind of go with the facts. and uh and not alternative facts right right. right.
0: well that we were actually
1: talking about this before um the podcast scarlet and i wanted to bring up your reaction i wanted to see if you have a reaction to the megan kelly interview with alex jones and i didn't want to be insensitive but since you brought it up and you opened that door what is your reaction to that did you see it at all did you watch the interview
2: you know what i did not and i did not plan on watching it um we don't even have a tv Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we haven't because that's how present i want to be with my kids um but i i do have thoughts on conspiracy theorists and uh i think alex jones is uh i mean i think his attorney has even admitted that it's kind of a show and he does it for money um but but the people that really believe that it didn't happen um i feel believe it or not i feel compassion for those people because those people can't handle a reality in which 26 people can be brutally murdered execution style inside an elementary school Um, they can't handle that reality so they have to create a false reality in which we're actors and they were never kids or I don't even really know the circumstances. But I know that when you can't accept reality, you cannot be part of the solution. And in fact, you're part of the problem. And, you know, I everything for me and Chris knows this, everything goes back to social emotional learning because social emotional learning helps us accept reality, right? It helps us with our resilience. And and these people, um, you know, they just don't have that resilience. It 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 is like an. I I have a hard time believing. Sometimes, like I'll 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 hear myself saying the uh, what happened, and I'll go, Oh my God! I can't. That Jesse really was shot in the forehead in his first grade classroom. I mean, like what? And. So it is so unbelievable, right? But unless we accept reality, we are not going to be part of the solution. And so I feel compassion for them. And uh, and and by the way, when they email me and threaten my life, or threaten to expose the scam that I'm pulling on the American public by offering a free program that teaches people to choose love, I, I still haven't found a motive, but um, <laughs> I always, i always I always offer them my book um, for free because I say uh, you know you you can choose love too, you know anger, resentment, hatred, feel bad, choosing love bottom line feels good and and I will send you a copy of my book because you you can learn about my journey and you can learn how I went from just a disbelief, and and just from the lowest low that a human being can be to choosing love, and maybe that will help you.
0: Well, and Tracy, well, with the reality side, just to you know support what Scarlett was saying about how they can't accept reality, and social emotional learning is a key part of that. Back in the 1990s, um, uh, one of the most well known and most respected neuroscientists, Antonio Damasio, came out with a book called Descartes' Era and Descartes' Era basically. Um, Its basic argument is that showing you that (laughs) Commander Spock of Star Trek was wrong. That in order to have rationality and logic, you actually have to have emotion. Emotion is the basis of rationality and logic. You can't exclude emotion and think you're going to get rationality and logic. Because if you do, you're a psychopath. Right. they're the ones that do that. So he showed he was the first to kind of write popularly about it and then a lot of neuroscientists have shown that that's actually the case. And so when Scarlett says that, you know, she has compassion for them and because they don't get the reality, that's literally what's happening. They they just don't they don't they just
1: turn it off. Exactly, they can't deal,
0: they can't deal with it. So there, there's some strong neuroscience with the back up.
1: So coat. Chris, you talk about in the book the compassionate achiever. that compassion is about helping somebody. You have to you have to have both. That's the component that separates it, right? But has there ever been a time that um, not helping somebody was an act of compassion?
0: Yeah, yeah, because I think. You, the first part is about understanding, mm-hmm. right? And you know, Scarlett might have her answer to this as well. So understanding is sometimes re- recognizing that someone that you need to help needs to be able to find their way forward. But you can be their kind of safety rail. You can mm-hmm. be, the, you know, think about bowling, when kids go bowling. <laughs> the bumpers. The bumpers, right? <laughs> yeah. You can be their bumpers, right? So they can try and let them try because that builds up character. You can't do it
1: for them. Right. And so
0: for me, it was my son. My son went through some, uh, my oldest son went through some medical issues that made him sound like Darth Vader. And I had to let Mm -hmm. him be. Mm -hmm. I just had to let him work through that through school. Although I wanted as a parent, right, to, you know, set the ground lines. Sure, we all (laughs) want to
1: get in and fix it.
0: But I held back. Mm -hmm. And that built a young man to be his independent self. So compassion, sometimes for me, it is stepping back mm-hmm. and, and being there when they need to be caught, but let them go forward. And you can understand when that time it, it it takes some feeling it takes some motion right to understand when that time is right I think you know for many of us right now in society that we want to take care of our kids all the way through and that's one of the dangers I think of our society we're make we're becoming too soft mm-hmm. right and in order to um, in order to make ourselves strong sometimes you have to fall and you have to pick yourself up and you have to learn how to do that uh, and too many times there's somebody else there and in cross-country Um, there's this great film documentary I was a cross country runner running for gym it's actually a real uh, cross country team in California they found out their coach was dying of ALS this young lady all she had to do was cross the finish line of a 3.1 mile race she was I'm not kidding 5 to 2 yards away from the finish line when she collapsed Mm -hmm. she had she was dehydrated so bad she couldn't run the official came out to her and said do you want help if you need help you can your team won't be able to win the state championship and they wanted to win the state championship for their coach she crawled along that without any help and as soon as her torso went beyond the line they Mm. took her to an ambulance and they won Mm. the state championship but if someone helped her They wouldn't have won. They would
1: have been disqualified. Right. Oh, my God.
0: And it's a real story. And it inspired the New York Giants, by, by the way, their Super Bowl year, their last Super Bowl year. It was the story that they showed. Coach Coughlin showed that story as an inspiration that this young lady in high school crawled across the finish line for her coach, for her team.
2: Wow.
1: Well, and talk about, I mean, Scarlett, you are just an example of just the epitome of putting yourself out there for other people. And going and using this tragedy and turning it around for good for the other people. And I just, I can't help but go back to the chalkboard message that just mm-hmm. left you, nurturing, healing, love. It's, it's mm-hmm. really incredible. So thank you for um, not only being here today. I mean, that, you know, thank you, that goes without saying, but thank you for all you're doing mm-hmm. and for, you know, putting this out there for other schools. And I just want to make sure that um, people know where to go. Can you say the website and whatever one more time so they can? Sure. Thank
2: you. Thanks, Audrey. And thanks for helping me spread the message. Um, it, the, the website is jesse j-e-s-s-e lewis l-e-w-i-s choose love dot org and uh the the program is under the choose love program tab and any questions click uh click the contact button and it comes straight to me we're a small organization but we're trying to do big things
0: and you know what we'll ask you know one of our producers pete if he can put the um, the website, information, right yeah. on, on on the podcast it, itself, and I also want to say thank you for being our first, our very first guest, Scarlett. I'm
2: so excited. Um, it means <laughs> thank a lot. You. It
0: means a lot to both of us. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, especially to me because of everything that we're trying to do, and and when I mentioned to Tracy. That you know, I'd love to have you as first guest. She literally, she, Tracy gets a little excited too. Uh, so <laughs> oh, she was like, "Yes!" And so oh, it, means it, was, it means it was
1: a home run it, for sure. And oh. so
0: thank you, Scarlett.
1: Thank you for sharing thank your story, you so much. and thank you for listening to the Compassionate Achiever uh, podcast, our number three podcast. Make sure that you check out WCSU Media, Western Connecticut State University Media, so you don't miss a thing. And we'll see. You next week.
0: And we hope that you learn to unleash the compassionate achiever within you to unlock success. Everyone take care.
1: Thanks.